speak for the neighborhood as a whole, but on its own little patch of turf at least, Cafe Astoria has turned things around. Now, in its third incarnation, it's a happening place every day of the week, filled with people looking for a cup of coffee, literary inspiration in a storied atmosphere, or a taste of a vanished world, and its royal, century-old recipes. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm looking forward to chatting with Nancy Xie, who is the general manager of Art Zoo World here in Taipei. So let's meet Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Shirley. Maybe you want to start off by telling us what is Art Zoo World? Okay, let me introduce um, our new brand called Art Zoo. Um, Art Zoo celebrates wonder, creativity through art and play, and it brings animals and nature together and imaginative uh, landscape. Well, why we have this uh, brand is because Picasso said, every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once we grow up. So this, is, uh, this quote inspired us, is how to bring out uh, the fun and the excitement when uh, again, and then learning art. Mm, I see. That's mm. interesting. So do you think that all of us, when we were born, we were born with the ability to create art, you think? Yes, I do think so. Like uh, you have the imaginative, like... Oh, so it's, it's the power of imagination. Imagine. Yes. Mm, mm. Mm. I was just thinking, you know, I've got three kids and my youngest... Um, is a boy. Mm -hmm. And at the time when I started having these art class at my house for my other daughter's classmates, mm -hmm. he was the youngest. And he just said, I want to draw too. I want to draw. He was able to draw, but he only chose to use the color, the chocolate color, brown. <laughs> <laughs> he colored brown with everything, which was fine, right? You don't yeah. want to say, oh, don't use brown, you know, yeah. use other color. No, you shouldn't do that, right? Yeah. But Probably his favorite color. <laughs> he did. He does love chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. But that is a very interesting concept. How yes. uh, this business of yours is actually starting from children's point of view. Mm. I understand that you studied design. Yes, uh, my background is graphic design, visual communication. Yeah, and it's more about uh, communication design. Yes, communication design. That's mm. that's a fascinating thing to me. Yeah. You know, about communication design. Yeah. It's like, what? You just communicate. Why? 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 <laughs> but I was told that if you cannot communicate, then you use design to communicate something. Yes, to, to express. bring across, yeah, yeah bring across mm. an idea. Yes. Okay, so anyway, back to Art Zoo World. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, what have you done? I mean, can you give it a specific example? Okay. Well, Art Zoo uh, started in Singapore with our uh, curator and founder, Jackson Tan. He, um, he's in Singapore. And uh, with his uh, wife, Talia, uh, who's Taiwan, uh, from Taiwan. Oh. 
Jackson was invited to uh, do an art installation in Singapore and uh, to celebrate uh, the children festivals. And uh, what happened was um, he realized that uh, when kids going to art museum gallery, they cannot touch or either the installation, art installation could be easily break. Mm-hmm. And um, he finds that uh, it's uh, very weird, like, because why art you cannot touch? Uh-huh. Yeah, what, what's yeah. the point of going there just looking at it? So, but he wants to bring in how kids um, is to, to feel and touch and experience. So uh, with the installation, he, he designed a inflatable um, art installation very huge um and uh to let parents and kids could enjoy art at the same time they could play and uh have fun so So, you're talking about like you know these slides outdoors mm -hmm. these inflatable things you know that looking like a slider that's your company yeah i didn't know that yeah oh that's very interesting yeah and also um also uh, it's like uh, when we're kids, we like to go jumping castle. But like some of the jumping castle, they probably don't have very nice color mixed colors. Uh-huh. So with our background, like uh, graphics and uh, strong graphics, so we bring in um, our bright colors. The, yeah, bright colors and the uh, the right color matching. Yeah, uh-huh. and at the same time, also uh, it's also. It brings out the childhood of us. But then the thing um, interesting what uh, Jackson Tan uh, shared with me, um, he said that when he was a kid uh, in Singapore, uh, every community there was a park and there was like a, a slide and then the, the slide looks like an elephant or mm, something. Mm, mm. And uh, lately, because uh, the land is getting more expensive, it's all high-rise building, and all these um, parks are gone. Mm. So it's a bit sad that uh, at the same time, uh, where's the childhood thing? Like, mm-hmm. uh, where's our memory? Because now everyone has an iPad and a notebook, you know, and all these kids are playing online games, and they stay at home. So they they're not like us when we're kids. We don't need. We have to. We go out for fun. Go to the park for fun with our parents. We spend uh, quality quality times with them. So this is something that we see in uh, the, the millennials, what they're lacking of. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I grew up on a farm or in a countryside, but mm. I can imagine how, you know, kids yes. uh, who had grown up in farms or countryside, mm. they're exposed to so much more in nature. Yes. They're like touching mud. They're playing in the water. They're getting dirty, yeah. and it doesn't matter. And then something um, like a memory share with the parents, so they have a very something to remember in when their childhood. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You were saying like um, um, I was telling you how my second daughter is a nurse. Yes, at a children's hospital. Yeah, and she said, "Oh, that." Maybe that there's some way of a sort of like a cooperation with the hospital in this sense. In what sense, though? So, also, uh, not only is about animals and nature, but uh, what we want to do uh, is to let kids to learn uh, to be good, to be kind, uh, to empathize, uh, to be sympathy, and to pursue your dreams. And these are very, uh, very strong concepts that we believe in. Not only to be kind to your friends, but also the community. So uh, Atsu is also is a caring about environment as well. Oh. So, yes. And so, uh, like I said, uh, we like to approach different ta- target audience, like say hospitals, um, 
charities and then uh, the old elders. Even though um, our um, Atsu is about uh, parents and kids, but then we realize that uh, aging, <laughs> this, uh, we, we find that there's more elders they, who need help from the youngest. Yes. yes. Little and children can make you, them happy. Yes. Yeah. And also... Um, in in the study of in Europe, like uh, there's a lot of uh, kindergarten. Mm. They actually also do take care of the elders with uh, oh, together. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they kind of work with uh, uh, um, an old people's oh, home or something like that. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we find that um, this is something that's interesting. Like um, it's also helping our society how it's to shape it. Oh, by the way, are you guys targeting, like, talking about children as in all ages, children of all ages, or yes, a certain um, age group? Um, right now, we're we, though we're talking all ages, but, like, uh, r- at the moment, at the stage, uh, we're talking at three to uh, six. Be- oh, that's um, very little. Yes. Yeah. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. Do you guys work a lot of times with kindergartens and schools? Uh, we're just starting, so um, we we have a new program called uh, Artsu Bushwalk. Oh yeah, yes. what is that? And Artsu Bushwalk is uh, we're working with a, t- a teacher Xiaobai, and he's he has a background of um, sea marine and uh, the nature, mm-hmm. and um, and he's working with us, and then so with the art uh, bushwalk. He would uh, actually, we would take kids to walk, uh, to get to know Taipei City mm-hmm. in a different way. Mm-hmm. And another way is to learn about insects and the environment and then to observe the uh, creatures like, say, butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, on the July 24th, we have our first um, class, Art Zoo Bushwalk. And mm-hmm. it's at Wen San Xiao Xi. Yeah. And uh, what we're looking for is to learn how to, when you're in the, in the bushwalk, you learned how to, like, say, the Asian taro and also the big elephant ear, um, the leaves, the between the, uh, them. Because uh, that's one, they look alike. But oh, you mean one. to distinguish the different plants and yes, stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. oh, and some of them are poisonous. And then, but at the same time, when you, uh, when you distinct them and get to learn them, you also observe the shapes. And mm-hmm. how they, uh, yeah, and the colors. Mm. So we actually teaching kids by observing and uh, learning from the nature, and to see how um, does these creatures could develop into design. Say oh. like Zaha, okay. her architect, actually comes probably ideas from shell, seashell. Uh-huh. They're all something, yeah. Uh-huh. So actually, in, from nature, they, they actually inspire us to do a lot of creativity, actually. Oh, right, creativity. Mm. Um, so, so parents are very responsive to this event. Uh, yes. Is it already like, you know, fully booked? Like people yes. already signed up? <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Um, last time, we, uh, we did a test uh, before and then within a one week, yeah. yeah, within one week, um, 12 kids, it was fully booked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Actually, it's, it's very funny because uh, we find that a lot of parents are more excited than the kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
What can you do about that? <laughs> yeah, I guess um, sometimes when you're so stressful from the domestic and uh, I know, work, and babysitting the kid at home and not knowing what to do, but this is something to get away. Yes, and uh, hand over the babysitting to somebody else, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, oh, okay. Yeah. But I, I think um, uh, it's very fun because um, kids actually. Well, at at first, I was skeptical about this class because I was thinking, oh. If kids at three would they focus and and I realize、mm. they are very focused in these、oh, nature、really? things.、Oh, yeah.、Okay. Wow. So you learn something about kids, the development of kids' brain or something、yes. like that. Yes. Although it's been really hot these days, and it is going to be outdoor, right? Yes,、bushwalk. it's going to. Yeah, the bushwalk will be outdoor, but like、uh, this time we are working.、Uh, it's at Wenshan Shaokanshi, so there's a little there's stream. There's a little brook. Yeah, yeah. stream. Okay. Yeah. So, and then、nice. so kids get to、um, play in the stream, and then. To observe what is in the stream,、mm-hmm, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Before Art Zoo World, you've、uh, worked at other having to do with the the Ministry of Culture, right? I mean, there's the Yodex, the Young Designer,、uh, Young Designers、uh, Exhibition, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. What were you doing with that? I、mm-hmm. mean, it seems like all your past experiences,、uh, work experiences, have to do with design. Yes.、Um, Uh, I like to promote about Taiwan design, the、uh, Taiwan brands and、right. Taiwan designers,、mm. and that's why I was working with at the Taiwan Design、uh, Center for、uh, over thirteen years.、And、Is that part of the government? It's an NGO.、Um, actually, it's、um, funded by the、uh, oh, Ministry of、um, Economic Affairs. Affairs. Yes. Oh, I get it. But、yeah. it's an NGO.、Okay. Yes, it's、uh-huh. an NGO. And actually,、uh, lately, it actually、um, upscaled or、uh, into、uh, Taiwan Design Research Institute. Right,、yes. right. Yeah, I think anything to help young people with designs. I mean, who have a dream in design,、mm-hmm. and want to start their own brand. They they really need a lot of a lot of help.、Uh, you think branding is also important? Yes, I do. I do think branding is very important.、Um, what happened is like.、Uh, In Taiwan, we're very strong in manufacture, but like once we're out in the international market, branding is definitely a very.、Uh, it's something that a lot of input you have to put. Yeah, I know, and especially to survive for many years. Because <laughs>、mm. mm. um, I remember talking to somebody somebody else about this. Is that there's so many upcoming young designers,、mm-hmm. and they all have their own ideas and everything. But、mm. if only they learn learn how to work together. Yes, and then make themselves big, so that when they go abroad to present this stuff, they have more exposure and、uh, better marketing. On themselves, yeah, I, like, I totally agree. It's, yeah, is to work together, especially with different fields of group. One of our project is called、uh, the Fresh Taiwan,、um, actually, right? And it is what you're saying, like everyone has to work together, like professional backgrounds, like professional PR, how to sell、uh, all these、uh, selected brands to overseas, and at the same time.、Um, People who with、uh, very whose、uh, international sales at at the same time, and then、uh, not only a translator but also a salesperson,、mm. and、uh, because designers they're not salesperson. No, <laughs> no, no. So you actually do have to have different backgrounds of people to work with, and、uh, this is why、uh, the government actually、uh, put a lot of effort on、um, this project called the Fresh Taiwan.
In the next episode, we're going to learn more about fresh Taiwan from Nancy Xie. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. Classic shorts, poems, and stories from Chinese literature. Hello and welcome to Classic Shorts. I'm Natalie So. The Tang poets were great in being able to express their sentiments about life and relationships. There are many poems written about the precious moments people shared with friends and family. Ones of laughter, longing, and shared hearts and times together. These men lived over 1,200 years ago, but they share many of the same sentiments that we do today and do so, so beautifully. Today I read poems from two poets, Li Yi and Si Kong Su about how they felt after spending time with their buddies. Lee writes a poem entitled, A Brief But Happy Meeting with My Brother-in-Law. Quote, meeting by accident, only to part. After these ten torn, wearisome years, we have met again. We were both so changed that hearing first your surname, I thought you a stranger. Then hearing your given name, I remembered your young face. All that has happened with the tides, we have told and told till the evening bell. Tomorrow you journey to Yozhou, leaving autumn between us, peak after peak. Si Kong Su writes a poem called A Farewell to Han Shen at the Yongyang Inn. Long divided by river and sea, for years we too have failed to meet. And suddenly to find you seems like a dream with a catch in the throat 
We ask how old we are. Our single lamp shines through cold and wet on a bamboo thicket sheathed in rain. But forgetting the sadness that will come with tomorrow, let us share the comfort of this farewell wine. Kongsu also writes to a friend bell north after the rebellion. In dangerous times, we too came south. Now you go north in safety without me. But remember my head growing white among strangers when you look on the blue of the mountains of home. The moon goes down behind a ruined fort, leaving star clusters above an old gate. There are shivering birds and withering grasses. Whichever way I turn my face. the courage and eloquence these poets had in expressing their fondness for their friends and family. In these uncertain times, let us also cherish the moments we have with those that mean most to us. Thanks for tuning in to Classic Shorts. I'm Natalie Sell. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. You're listening to News Playlist. We've queued up some of the most interesting reports for you, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. Welcome to News Playlist. I'm Paula Chow, the program host. Since the first case of COVID-19 emerged in Wuhan, China last December, the highly contagious disease has spread rapidly around the world. 
it has claimed over 589,000 lives worldwide, and there are more than 13 million confirmed infections. Here in Taiwan, there are 452 cases, including seven fatalities. As the COVID-19 pandemic has been kept at bay here in Taiwan, the first travel fair to be held in Taiwan will kick off in Taipei on July 17. Travel agencies will be promoting domestic travel with a twist. Trips that keep travelers in Taiwan, but make them feel like they have gone abroad. Want to go camping on a deserted island? How about going on a cruise? Both are still possible in Taiwan despite the COVID-19 pandemic. Taiwan's first travel fair since the pandemic began will only be promoting domestic travel, but that doesn't mean that your camping trip or cruise can't feel like an overseas adventure. For instance, domestic cruises may not leave Taiwan's waters, but with amenities that reach international standards, you might be hard-pressed to tell. Then there are the cruise destinations, outlying islands like the Penghu, Kinmen, and Mazu Islands. The advantage of these cruises? The cost, $197 U.S. for a four-day, three-night trip. If cruises and crowds aren't your thing, you can always go the Robinson Crusoe route and cast yourself away for a camping adventure on a deserted island in Penghu. And if it's natural wonder you're looking for, well, Taiwan's got you covered there too. Kinmen Island is home to a hotspot set to look like a postcard from Morocco. Shirley Lin, RTI News. COVID-19 may have left international travel out of reach, but Taiwanese people are still in the mood to travel. The result has been a surge of interest in domestic attractions. The Forestry Bureau has teamed up with travel agencies to harness some of this pent-up wanderlust and direct it towards Taiwan's national forest recreation areas. Taiwan may be small, but it is bursting with natural beauty. And with Taiwan's borders still largely shut due to COVID-19, would-be Taiwanese travelers stuck at home are turning to this beauty to get their fix. A sudden enthusiasm for domestic travel is a great help both to Taiwan's travel agencies and to Taiwan's Forestry Bureau. Several big-name travel agents are teaming up with the Bureau to draw attention to Taiwan's 18 national forest recreation areas. Through a series of day-trip tours that include the cost of tour bus transport, entry tickets, and insurance, the travel agencies and the Bureau hope that people will come to appreciate Taiwan's forested areas. There is a great variety on offer. So far, there are 20 different kinds of tours that follow 11 different routes. John Van Trieste, RTI News. Orchid Island is Taiwan's major tourist hotspot. On Orchid Island, there is one and only one street artist, Zhou Kegui. The saxophone player has become a tourist attraction, not only because of his music, but also because of his indigenous costume. Zhou Kegui is the one and only street artist on Orchid Island. He's getting a lot of attention not only for his music, but also due to his traditional Dawu loincloth. Orchid Island is home to the Dawu tribe, and it's not unusual for elderly men to wear just a loincloth during their daily life. Joe was a construction worker for 40 years, but at age 62, he retired and became a street artist. Joe says he learned how to play the saxophone by listening to tapes and imitating the way musicians play. Joe is not just doing this for fun. He hopes to earn some money to support himself. One tourist says she's surprised to see a street artist wearing this traditional indigenous costume. Another says he found the combination of modern and traditional elements really fascinating. Even in the heat of summer, 
Zhou is still playing away, and people are enjoying his tune. This is News Playlist, a weekly rundown of some of the most interesting news reports brought to you by RTI. Watch along on YouTube if you like, or close your eyes and enjoy these stories by way of sound. Just eight days after the Taipei Zoo announced the birth of a baby panda, another panda at the zoo is celebrating her birthday. Seven years ago, Yuanzai became the first panda conceived at the Taipei Zoo. You might think that's cause for celebration, but Yuanzai just wasn't feeling it. Whoa there! Clean up on aisle three. It's Yuanzai the panda's seventh birthday. But why doesn't the birthday girl seem happy? Taipei Zoo officials say they expected Yuanzai to make a beeline for her birthday spread and devour the meal. However, they say Yuanzai is in the midst of a false pregnancy, so she's pickier about what and when she eats. Instead of chowing down for viewers, Yuanzai walks around on the wooden scaffolding for a bit, contemplating life. For her seventh birthday, the Taipei Zoo prepared seven dishes shaped like Taiwanese delicacies. Fruits and vegetables are arranged to look like stinky tofu, Taiwanese sausages, and bubble tea. Even though the limelight has been on Yuanzai's baby sister, who was born just eight days ago, panda fans haven't forgotten about Yuanzai's birthday. One visitor brought her a homemade card, and another wishes her good health. With so much panda activity going on at the Taipei Zoo, you might call it. Pandemonium. Leslie Liao, RTI News. Taiwan straddles the tropics, and that means that summers here can be downright unpleasant. Besides those who work outdoors, the people who bear the brunt of Taiwan's sticky summer weather are probably students and teachers. That's because, despite whatever other high-tech gadgets they may have in their classrooms, many schools here still don't have air conditioners. Now, the education ministry says. This is going to change. Air conditioning for all—that's the promise Education Minister Pan Wanzhong has made to students and teachers. By 2022, Pan says air conditioners will be installed in 100% of elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, and vocational high schools across Taiwan. Pan also says that old air conditioners will be replaced, along with electrical systems, in school buildings that are over 15 years old. This leaves a lot of installing to be done. Despite Taiwan's muggy climate, only 80% of its high schools have air conditioning. The situation is even worse in elementary and middle schools. Only 37% of them have anything beyond maybe a fan to cool students down. Work will need to start quickly. Whereas in past decades the heat may have just been unpleasant, these days it can be downright dangerous. Five of the last six years have been the warmest on record for Taiwan. Three of the years between 2015 and 2019 saw record-breaking average yearly temperatures. Now for the important question: Who's going to foot the bill? The project has a budget of 32.3 billion NT dollars. That's 1.1 billion U.S. dollars. The education minister says the central government will pay out around 90% of the costs, with local governments expected to come up with the rest. He also says that while the central government has a budget to cover schools' power bills, it will set out rules about when the AC can be turned on in order to keep schools from wasting power. John Van Trieste, RTI News. This June was the hottest since Taiwan began keeping records. Not surprisingly, Taiwan's power grid was in overdrive as people across Taiwan crank up the AC. Many of them can expect a hefty power bill in the coming weeks. 
but not those who know the right power-saving tricks. Taiwan state-run power company Tai Power says that soaring temperatures have brought with them a sharp spike in demand for power. The company says that the country has a reserve supply of more than 10% for use in emergencies. But it also says that taking steps to cut power use, even during the hottest weather, can help save the environment, not to mention consumers' wallets. Taiwanese power-saving expert Zhang Weiming has these tips to share. Zhang says to shut the curtains when the air conditioner is on. Shutting out the sunlight can help save on your power bill. Zhang also says to keep the temperature set between 26 and 28 degrees Celsius. He suggests turning on a fan alongside the air conditioner too. It may seem counterintuitive, but better air circulation means the air conditioning unit has less work to do, and this translates to less power use overall. Zhang said another small thing that helps with cutting down electricity bill is to unplug any home appliances when not in use. Shirley Lin, RTI News. And that's all we have for this week's edition of News Playlist. For Radio Taiwan International, I'm Paula Chow. Our women, that's not just been asking for the donation to help. We help Taiwan people to experience what the other people, their needs. For this year and for the past years as well, we have been providing aid for the Syria refugees. The food aid in Somalia and South Sudan this year, we added Yemen. Hello and welcome to this week's online brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wong. The 30-hour famine is a World Vision event in 21 countries. It started in 1971 when a group of young Canadians staged an event to see what it was like to be hungry and raise money for children suffering from famine in Somalia. According to the CEO of World Vision Taiwan, Mr. Andrew Wang, in 1989, World Vision Taiwan started the 30-hour famine project. This year, as the world is suffering from COVID-19, even though Taiwan has had no local transmission cases for more than 80 days, still for the safety and health of the public, Mr. Andrew Wang said World Vision Taiwan decided to hold the program online. The drive is also to call for the public to make donation to help the children in war-torn and poverty-stricken countries such as Syria, South Sudan, Somalia. And this year, Yemen has been added on the list. And that's according to the Regional Manager of Africa and Latin America and Caribbean at World Vision Taiwan, Ms. Shine Liu. To find out more, we are joined on the phone by two guests, Mr. Andrew Wang, the CEO of World Vision Taiwan, along with Ms. Shine Liu. First of all, the main mission of World Vision Taiwan is very different from World Vision from other countries in the world. How do you get your funding and how is it different, I mean, the mission per se? Well, actually, we, we are partnership around the world. You know, in the world, we have around 100 offices. So we are part of that. So the mission is quite similar. We try to help the children to have their lives in fullness. That's, that's a vision that we have. 
for the mission part, we follow the the Jesus Christ and working with the poor and oppressed to promote human transformation. And we seek justice and bear witness to the good news of the kingdom of the God. So in that direction, we walk together. And we try to uh, not just to help the people who need, but we also come back to Taiwan society because we believe it is more blessed to give than to receive. So actually, we bring this opportunity back to the society and and the, providing the the opportunity for the people, and they will love to uh, give and then receive their their lifefulness. That's what we are doing here. So not just one way; we're doing the, in the mutual ways to mm-hmm. providing both sides the 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 wonderful opportunities. To give back to the society, I know that World Vision Taiwan has many missions, and one of the most Important activities or missions known here in Taiwan is 30-hour famine. Now, this program has been in existence for so many years right now,、yes. uh, since 1989. What is the original purpose? Well, actually,、uh, 30-hour famine. They originally starting from the Calgary, Alberta, in Canada. That's a, a group of young people through the fasting prayer. They try to help the people、uh, who really need. They may be in the emergency situations. Since then,、uh, that should be ni- 1971. But in Taiwan,、uh, we start 1989, and you know, just in the middle of 1989 and 1990. So we just trying to help, ask the people in Taiwan society to help the people to、uh, who need, not just help. We let them know their needs around the world. I, I myself do believe to help is better to understand. So 30-hour famine, that's not just being asking for the donation to help. We help Taiwan people to experience what the other people, their needs, not just know, but to experience. So because that through the experience, they know when they provide, when they give. And how much they can be helpful. So I think 30-hour famine. That、uh, that's one thing is called experience learning. They know that, so they will respect. They will understand. They will respect the people who are in the critical situations. And of course, you know, just let the Taiwan people to know we are world citizens. We are part of the world. Mm-hmm. I think、uh, Taiwanese are blessed in a way, so that through this experience learning. They can really understand what famine is like in many countries in the world, and this year the activity is very different from the previous years because we all suffer from the pandemic. Now, even though Taiwan is safe right now, but still we practice、uh, safe distancing. Now, tell us about your program for this year in Taiwan. Okay, I love to do that. Actually, it's kind of blast. Pandemic、uh, changed the world quickly. But actually, in World Vision Taiwan, we started last year, because this year is the 31st of 30-hour famine. But in the 30s, 30-hour famine last year, we experienced the influenza, okay, and situation. So we have to stop in the mid in the middle of the program because we have we, we experienced some of a large group of people get together in auditorium. And that kind of things、uh, might be be dangerous to the people's health. So we 
we in a way um, we terminate the program in the middle. So actually, this year is we, we have this kind of situation last year. So we in a way we prepare that we prepare that we know how the how the things will happen. Although we don't know COVID nineteen is coming. Yeah. So this year is quite a different. We know for us in Taiwan, the safe and the health of our partners in Taiwan's uh, people. That's very important. We put that in the very high priorities. So because of the, the COVID-19, we know we cannot get a large group of people get together. So we're starting to do a new invention. We're starting offline to the online. So this year, we do 31st, 30-hour famine, totally online. That's what we are doing. You're listening to On The Line, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wang. Today I'm speaking with Mr. Andrew Wang, the CEO of World Vision Taiwan, along with the Regional Manager of Africa and Latin America and Caribbean, Ms. Shain Liu. And to do that online, I know that this year, those who participate in 30-hour famine program, they have or they're asked to record my famine dancing and then upload to the website of World Vision Taiwan. Could you talk about this as well, Mr. Andrew Wang? Yeah. Well, actually, 30 hour, we, we talk about the one uh, 30 hour famine for, uh, in a way, a co individual. You know, one man's 30 hour famine. So, one man is just a symbol, it doesn't mean that individual. We say one man it means you can do it together because of the pandemic, but it could be a group of people, a small group of people. Okay. If we do 30 hour famine, we would like people to experience. So one man's 30-hour famine, that means a small group of people, we still think the connectivity is, is the key importance. It's very important to the 30-hour famine because we try to link the people who've been suffered and who have abundant resources. We want to link them together. So for 30-hour famine this year, we still want the people to do together. So for upload their dancing, is to connect them together, to let the people know we are not alone. Maybe Shine can put some words on that and uh, talk about what's the need about the you know other countries. Um, I think yes, the 30-hour famine campaign is always to address to the general public in Taiwan the needs around the globe. And for the past 30 for, uh, for 31 year. Um, emergency relief has always been the top of our list because, as you know, from the first 30-hour uh, famine, we actually started with supporting the children, especially in, uh, I think that's a big, a huge uh, famine in the eastern Africa part. I think it's Kenya, Ethiopia at that time. And... Um, Although we do want hope, we do hope that uh, the world is getting better, but however, as everyone knows, uh, disasters, climate change, um, war, all kinds of disasters are happening all around the world. Um, and I think it's getting even more serious. So right now we all know about climate change and its impact, and um, so I think also of the unended conflicts, um, that's what our, the 30-hour famine is targeting at. 
So uh, for World Vision Taiwan, we are part of the World Vision Partnership because we know that for the most vulnerable people, um, we cannot do it all by ourselves. So we are in line with a partnership and help uh, with a list of countries that are the most vulnerable that we identified. And they are either affected by war, conflict, rapid onset um, uh, uh, responses, or even coronical. Um, so that you can see that the, for this year and for the past years as well, uh, we have been aid, providing aid for the Syria refugees. Um, the food aid in Somalia and Sudan, South Sudan, and uh, this year we added Yemen in our uh, list of aid countries because I think um, we have seen a lot of news and reports on the conflict in Yemen and also uh, the famines going on, the resulting of that. And uh, also this year, we, the whole world is suffering from the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And in, even in developed countries, people are really struggling to get about. Uh, so not to mention the developing countries where you have all the natural disasters on set, but also adding COVID-19. It has been very, very challenging for the people, and the most vulnerable, we say, is the children uh, on, in the community. And so this is the target that we're heading for um, for the 30-hour famine this year. The reason why I'm asking you, Sharon, and trying to share this one, is just so like we know what your answer is. Because this year we do the different ways, okay, because of the pandemic. But the needs are always the same. So <laughs> the needs are always the same because the needs are there. But because of the pandemic, because of COVID-19, we do the different ways, but the heart is still the same. Are you also saying that the donations that you get, all these proceedings will go to all the children or the vulnerable children in need in the world? As you mentioned earlier, some countries like, for example, in the past in Somalia, South Sudan, and this year the focus is on Yemen as well. So these proceedings will go to the children in need in the world, especially in Africa. Yes, yes. You know, we are, we are Christian uh, centers, uh, organization, but our help to all the people, okay? So because uh, for the people, for the people, especially for the children who need, we just go to there to uh, reach out and uh, providing the education and food shortage, all kind of things, and we just do them to all of them, not based on the you know their uh, religious and they would do all everything the same you know just for the people who need that mm -hmm. now mr andrew wang every year you work with a famous singer or actor in taiwan and this year 31 celebrities have taken part that's because um to celebrate the 31st 30 hour famine is that correct uh well yeah yeah in a way yes you know we just try to symbolize it it's not only 31, because we, we have more than 31. Well, we, celebrities or the people will be more focused on. You know, we just try to, in a way, to have more people to be together to think this is the important things. They all, you know, I, I have to thank to our Lord and to thank everybody. They just come in to say this is the right thing to do, and they will be so willing to join with us. We have more than 31 people to get together and all kinds of celebrities 
church leaders and political figures, they all come together because this is the right thing to do. We give what we have to the people who need. And that was the first part of our interview with Mr. Andrew Wang, the CEO of World Vision Taiwan, along with the regional manager of Africa and Latin America and Caribbean at World Vision Taiwan, Ms. Shine Liu. And that's it for this week's Online, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. I'm Carlson Wang. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.